Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Slasher Sanitarium. We are on episode 5 of 6 of Channel Zero, which means we have just one more episode to go. So before we get into it, though, I just want to say that the Slasher Sanitarium podcast is brought to you by the Questionable Endeavor Network. Visit questennetwork.com for information on all the podcasts available under the Questionable Endeavor Network. Visit the website for articles and streaming videos about horror, wrestling, gaming, and more. Check out our serial horror podcast, The Shadowvane Podcast. If you're a fan of geek and game and culture, check out Words of Geekdom. If you're a fan of anime, check out Tuning Japanese. And if you're a fan of wrestling, check out the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, as well as the Raw Attitude Podcast. And if you're into video gaming, check out Pwn Stars. You can find all of that and more on questnnetwork.com. Email the show at theslashersanitarium at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at slasherpodcast or like our Facebook page. Please visit www.patreon.com slash slasherpodcast to support and keep the Slasher Sanitarium alive. And if you wish to sponsor the Slasher Sanitarium, please head over to advertisecast.com slash 824. It is episode 5 of Channel Zero. Considering that this is a follow-up to Jessica being murdered, death-killed in the last episode, and it being the penultimate episode, I was expecting a pretty wild ride here. And let's go ahead and and find out what we got. So the episode starts off with uh, the police finding Jessica straight fucked up. Uh, face down in a kiddie pool of her own blood. Uh, Lady Cop here is pretty upset, and we follow her as she drives down the road, looking pretty, pretty forlorn. Cut over to Marla, who's making breakfast for Lily. She is quizzing her on colors. I guess that her mother is taking her sweet time getting there. Uh, Mike bites into some toast, and apparently that hurts his tooth. So he is apparently a gigantic fucking baby. There's a knock at the door, and it is Lady Cop. Uh, thankfully, Lady Cop says that the wounds and footprints that were that they found um, believes or leads everyone to believe that it is the four kids. So we're past Mike being a, being a suspect, which is a relief. I was really worried that, uh, considering Jessica getting killed, considering her proximity to Mike, that we we're going to go for a fifth straight episode of "Is Mike the bad guy? Is he? Is he the killer? Everyone thinks he's the killer," kind of thing. You know, um, we don't quite get that turn with with everyone being like, oh, he was right the entire time. Um, but that's okay, because we at least don't have everyone really suspicious of him anymore. So Lady Cop proceeds to tell Mike about another open murder case where Daphne, uh, Daphne was found in... Daphne? Delphine? I think it's Daphne. Daphne was found in Francis Booth's basement. Uh, that is an awful lot of information to give a guy who's not in the police force and was a suspect in these cases not too long ago. Uh, but they also found a bunch of props for Candle Cove. Uh, Mike seems more concerned with the props than with the actual murdered dead chick. Lady Cop leaves, and Mike tells Marla that Jessica's dead. Mike says he thought it was over. He again has some tooth pain, uh, so he rushes over to the bathroom and we see that he is growing an extra tooth in the spot that Eddie has an extra tooth. Uh, Mike tries to rip the tooth out, but uh, then kind of gives up. So, uh, is Mike Eddie? 
uh, I don't know. I, I, my my first thought was, oh great, it's going to be revealed that that Mike is actually the one who who's dead, and it's Eddie that uh, that's been walking around pretending to be Mike this whole time. But uh, thankfully, I don't believe that that's going to be the road they're going to go down. Erica finally arrives, and she is taking Lily home. Cut over to the police station where old mustache cop just can't believe that Mrs. Booth could do this. It says there's no way the kids could do it. And it's this this type of... I, I get that they're supposed to be kind of small-town cops, but police are supposed to believe that everybody and anyone can do bad things. Because when you start to think with your heart like this, of, oh, I know this person all my life, that's when mistakes are made, that's when people die. Uh, the young cop next to him shows off how terrible his acting skills are uh, by saying the coroner said it happened that way. Uh, Mike walks in during this conversation, and it's a classic thing where uh, when he walks in, there's no way he could have heard the conversation leading up to this, uh, but jumps right into it, saying that under, under certain circumstances, kids can do uh, anything. So Lady Cop says she wants to round up the kids and find Francis Booth. Mike goes up to Lady Cop's office, and Mike wants to see the basement because he believes that Booth is the one who created the show. Mike doesn't like her uh, saying all hands on deck, which I thought was a really, really good moment. Because she says it like through two or three times. Oh, it's all hands on deck. We don't have enough people for it. It makes sense that Mike is a little skittish about uh, pirate stuff. Um, so then Mike commissions the release of Gary, which... Uh, Kind of kind of crazy considering that Gary, you know, whose wife is fucking dead, uh, probably not the best choice to go out on a mission. And also, Gary did kind of try to kill you, possibly, potentially. Anyways, so Mike drives to Mrs. Booth's house with Gary, so that doesn't take much convincing. Uh, Gary's apparently over his suspicion of Mike. Uh, they enter the house, and Gary stares at a picture of Mrs. Booth in the fridge. Uh, again, proves he should not be there by starting to have a little bit of a breakdown. And he sees something out the window. And he goes over there, and he finds three teeth on a fence post. Uh, this fence post also just in the middle of the yard. Uh, so I'm not sure, one, how he saw that from that far away. Uh, and two, why there's just a random fence post just stuck in the middle of the ground here. Mike is down in the basement, and... Um, Mrs. Booth has a bunch of Candle Cove props on her shelves. Uh, and despite the fact that they look pretty legit, Mike says that they are not the real deal. Uh, a phone rings, and Mike looks out the window to see that the post is gone, it looks like. I, I didn't see it when they looked back at the window again, so I don't know if that was supposed to be something where, like, oh, it's kind of spooky, or if it was just a, a continuity mistake, or if my eyes were just not catching the post being out there anymore. But uh, uh, he picks up the phone, and there's Miss Booth on the phone, and she says she has so much to tell him. Cut over to 1988, and we have young Eddie going into Mrs. Booth's classroom. Uh, as Eddie starts to walk away, Mrs. Booth has a seizure on the ground. Uh, thankfully, her son is there. He tries to start helping. But Eddie st stands there and watches for a little bit before he, t he says, Stop, and Mrs. Booth instantly snaps out of it. So again, Eddie is magic, uh, not just with kids as well. Uh, she te he, he tells her to get up, and she proceeds to get up. So, uh, completely puppeteering her here. Back to modern times, and we see that Mrs. Booth is standing about 10 feet away from her house. Uh, so, <laughs> one, I don't know how they didn't see her out there. Uh, two, not a single cop is watching this house. 
this is the first place that you would station somebody. I know that you, you claim you're trying to round up a bunch of kids, but you gotta leave at least one cop out here on, on her fucking house. So, she doesn't want Gary there and says she wants to talk to Mike alone. Uh, Gary re-enters the house to see the mic is taken off. Gary gives a call to Lady Cop, tell her Mike took off. And she says, okay, I'll send a squad car to come get you. And he proceeds to say, nope, I'm going to be gone too. Uh, So, we see some kids are watching Candle Cove. And Wormy Face is saying something is coming. And there's a strange presence coming. We see every kid in town start to leave their homes and start to walk down the street. Gary goes to the hospital, but he sees that his kids are gone, as they have joined the parade of kids. A lady cop, who is finally named here as Amy, is pissed because they are getting reports of all the kids leaving. Amy wants them to find Mike. So we cut over to Mike driving to Skinner's restaurant. Mike is hesitant to go into an abandoned restaurant after Daphne got her throat fucking ripped out. So Mike's still a pretty smart character. Child Capface uh, arrives before Mike can go inside, saying that Amy informed the police that Mike can't be investigating shit by himself. Uh, Mike claims he was just feeling sick and pulled over. And for some reason, Child Capface accepts this. We see three kids off in the distance, and Child Face Cop... Uh, who knows they're looking for murdering kids, begins to just waltz up to them. Mike thankfully stops him and correctly tells him they don't know know how much danger they are in. Uh, He proceeds to tell a cop how to do his job because said cop is terrible at it. And Mike uh, tells Simon to stay there. So now either I really haven't been paying attention or this is the first time they said his name is Simon. So (sighs) Simon which we already kind of knew was maybe a bad cop, proves that he continues to be a bad cop, because when your your job is, hey, go run up these kids who probably stabbed a woman to death, you should not be just like, I'm going to go get them kids, I know them kids. Everyone in this town is a fucking idiot and deserves to die. So uh, Mike goes to the restaurant to find Mrs. Booth. Simon walks off. He walks to the back of the building, and he sees the kids again, and he starts to follow them because he's a fucking moron. Mike is trying to sweet-talk Mrs. Booth when he hears his voice coming over her phone. She left it to keep him busy, while Simon goes up to about 20 kids standing in the parking lot. Mike starts looking through Mrs. Booth's pocket, which, uh, you know, against the law, and he finds a box of teeth. Simon is rounding up the kids when Mrs. Booth, wearing the job one outfit, walks up behind Simon. Any guess as to what's going about going to happen next? Kids grab hold of Simon while Mrs. Booth stabs the shit out of him. Uh, Mike's tooth starts to hurt again. He goes running, but starts to have blurred vision. You see that the kids disperse, and Mike falls to the into the tall grass and is never heard from again. Erica's asking Lily what kind of pizzas she wants when she when she almost runs a kid over, and she swerves to avoid him, spins out. And instantly gets out of the car. So just a little scene showing that, hey, uh, Eric and Lily are still in play here because they have not been allowed to leave town. Amy is the last cop at the station and is answering phones, which doesn't really seem to be the best use of her abilities. Amy gets a call from Beth, I think. She says all the kids are acting very strange. Amy hears a noise and we see Jawbones playing on the computer. Uh, we also get his reflection in the, in the window, which I thought at first was uh, Mrs. Booth, but apparently this is just a reflection off of computer screen. 
Uh, Gary jump scares her by coming into the office. Cut to Mike, who wakes up to see Simon lying next to him with his throat slit. Mike gets up, and we see that Mrs. Booth now has Lily. Mike lunges for her, but he is done up like a marionette doll, with cables attached to his limbs, which are then attached to the sky, I guess, so he's up up it. But wait, it's just a dream, which is good, because that didn't make any fucking sense. Uh, so Mike appears out of the tall grass, and sees Simon across the parking lot dead. Mike calls his wife, who is now in a hotel with Lily, and she is attempting to get a rental car. Uh, the wife proceeds to hang up on Mike, and we see Lily open the door, but Erica finally proves to be a halfway decent mother because she stops her from going outside. And when I said hotel, uh, this is actually a motel because the door opens to the outside. Cut to Marla refilling a bird feeder, because now is the time to do that, when she hears someone inside the house. It's Mrs. Booth. She wants Marla to call Mike and to have him come alone. And look, Simon wasn't his doing, okay? Obviously, Mike was trying to come alone. Simon tagged along, trying to find him. So don't get all high and mighty and blame Mike for it. He was trying to follow the rules. Mike arrives at Marla's. Uh, she again rags on Mike for not coming alone. Uh, again, didn't bring Simon. Mrs. Booth serves him pie and wants him to eat, because they're totally going to fucking do that. Marla calls out that Mrs. Booth comforted her when Eddie died, but Mrs. Booth is the one who took Eddie away. Mike wants to know about Candle Cove, and Mrs. Booth calls him stubborn, and she launches in to a giant exposition dump, explaining away the entire series here. She says, once or twice in a lifetime, someone slices the world open to show you your true purpose. This is her purpose. She says she loved her son, but she was just a void and was wasting her life. She says that Eddie saved her. Eddie showed her his power. Mrs. Booth says Eddie created Candle Cove. She says Eddie is the beacon, the light, and the Candle Cove is born from him. She says that Eddie is coming back, and that power demands sacrifice. She made hers a long time ago. We then cut to young Eddie walking up to her. She she asks how he did that, and Eddie comes right out and says he's special. He showed her Candle Cove, but if she wants to go back, she needs to give Eddie something. That something is a nice young boy. To kill. We now get that when Eddie come, came to visit Jacob, it was to kill him. Which kind of touched on that and kind of figured that's what that was. Mrs. Boo says that she didn't kill her son. She fed him to something special. When she says that Mike being there makes Eddie a 100 times stronger and that both of them were born with something special. Eddie needs Mike. This entire thing was to break Mike down so that he could be ready for Eddie's return. Eddie is going to return in Mike's body, hence the fact that the tooth is coming in. Mrs. Booth said she says that she envies Mike, and that Eddie will be here tonight, or tomorrow, whatever, and urges Mike to go with him. She leaves, and we see that Lily has arrived. Uh, he asks where Ma or She asks where Mommy is, but from the looks of this, uh, she may not really be there because Marla reacts like she isn't. Uh, Mike is talking like he is asleep. Mike asks if she wants to see something cool. And he suddenly has a hook in his hand. Mike looks at the hook, then looks at Lily, who now has the tooth person behind her, which is a kind of a crazy, crazy moment here. Just a quick flash, he makes some 
odd gesture and by grabbing his head. This wasn't like it was a shock at first to see him, and then he did some crazy jig, and it, it was more funny than scary. Uh, but then Mike looks over the mirror and sees that Eddie is standing in his place. He looks back and stabs Lily in the back, but we see that this is just an old uh, a vision. He snaps out of it, and he's still at the dining room table. So, um, you know, these kinds of things I get that they're going to do, but uh, it was it was really odd to do it in such like a jarring manner there. And like I said, a uh, tooth person kind of doing a little dance was, was more silly than scary. L- real Lily, though, is in bed with her mother watching TV. Erica fell asleep, so now is the perfect time for the screaming episode of Candle Cove to start playing. All the characters are screaming over and over again. Uh, we see the tooth person comes walking up to the side of the bed. Lily dives under the covers, but she slowly peels back the covers, and we see the tooth person is now at the foot of her bed. Uh, tooth person actually looks more child-sized here than normal-sized. Uh, it, it cocks its head to the side. Lily mimics it, and she starts to laugh. Cox is said to the other side, Lily does the same thing, more laughing. A tooth person then hides under the bed, and Lily goes to look for it. Now we cut over to Mrs. Booth, who's walking through the forest. She enters a trailer where the rest of the kids are hiding out. She tells them to go to sleep, uh, on what I am not sure, and that Eddie will be there soon. They form a carpet of people on the ground, and they go to sleep. Next morning, we have Mike with a pair of pliers, attempting to pull his new tooth out of his face. He does so, and instantly the TV turns to static. He sees the TV is not plugged in. The door slams and locks Mike inside. We start hearing Candle Cove music playing. Mike hears someone call out for Daddy. It's Lily at the mouth of a cave. She calls out for Daddy, and we cut to black. So that's the end of the episode there. All in all, a good episode. Um, Sets things up really well for the finale. Uh, we got a lot of exposition and a big info dump, and we so we have an explanation for the series as a whole, actually. And all we really have left to do is just kind of tie it up with a bow. Uh, so I'm looking forward to see what the finale has in store, and I'm I'm really interested to see how this is going to end because um, I, I've I've actually enjoyed the series, and I'm. I'm interested to see what uh, what the next season will bring, just because it'll be a new story. But at least with this story, you know, I was a little hesitant to to figure out what exactly they were going to do in terms of kind of taking a story that was rather short and expanding it out to five episodes or six episodes. Uh, but they've done a pretty good job of it. They really built a new mythos around this, this story, which I, I greatly enjoyed. So uh, check back here again. Uh, later in the week for uh, what should be another movie. I haven't picked it yet. And uh, next week will be the finale of the special presentation of Candle Coves. Stay tuned. For-